I began last week talking to you on this subject of when desires go bad. We're going to continue that for the next few weeks. Would you grab your Bible or your iPad or whatever you have the Word of God on and go to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Just a few moments we're going to get there as you're doing that. Let me greet our campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I'm thankful for what God is doing in every location of Love and Truth Church. We're excited about what's happening at your location. And we believe that the Word of God today is going to touch your life. So we're glad to join with you. We're thankful that you're there today. In fact, Love and Truth Jackson, why don't we welcome all of our other campuses today to be a part of what we're doing together corporately. Now, last week we began talking about this process of when desires go bad. It was interesting last week as we began this process uh, how kind of nervous we got. When I began to talk about desires, people kind of froze up and said, you know, oh, I, I can't admit that. But what we have to understand is, is that every one of us have desires. The, the problem is not having desires. The problem is when those desires go bad. And, and we talked last week, in fact, I, was, I had a real uh, spiritual title last week. Here was the title from last week, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, uh, right? I mean, real, real theologically in-depth, but it really is true. What we found last week is, is that the more we give vent to those desires, we, we don't find satisfaction in that. We, in fact, we find more control. We find more domination. We find more things happening uh, in our lives. Today I want you to look in the book of Genesis, the third chapter, and I want to read a few verses to you. It's a very familiar passage, but let's look at it again. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, or you must not touch it, or you will die. The serpent said, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, wisdom she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Now here's what I want to talk to us about today. I want to talk to us about little lies. Little lies. It's, it's interesting how when you begin to study the scripture, <coughs> excuse me, you find that most of the time the enemy does not come with great big stuff. He doesn't come with huge things to tempt you or to get you sidetracked. What he does is he shows up with little lies. He showed up in Adam and Eve, and, and he doesn't say God's not God and God's horrible. What he does is he begins to just throw out little lies. He, he, he begins to just put, you know, just a little untruth. It's kind of like in, in our society today. We're, we're given so many things that, that are, are, are little lies. It, it's, you know, if, if you don't have to change your diet. You don't have to exercise. Just sprinkle a little bit or put a little bit or take a little bit of this and you too can look like you know whoever and and, and so we go oh, I mean that's great we don't have to change so we, we buy it and we buy it and we buy it and we don't change or wear this cologne and it'll make you attractive to the opposite sex or or, or whatever the issues are you know uh, you, you can stay up late at night there are a lot of interesting things on television late at night you know, like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning if you're ever up rambling about them. Uh, one of the things I love on the, at that time of the day is, uh, or that time of the night is, is this whole thing about you can make millions of dollars and never leave your home. 
Yeah, right. See, it's those, it's those little lies. Our whole society is based on little lies. And Satan deceived Eve through little lies. Little truths, little falsehoods, little half. Little, it, it wasn't full-blown, it's just a little lie. And we've been so inundated in our culture and in our society that we don't even wonder if things are true anymore, if we just, well, okay, it's, it's and, and, and we've bought into these little lies. And what happens to us is, is that the more I listen to the little lies, the more that the little lies become reality to me, and the reality that I now live is a reality of bondage. Because I've given in to deception. See, here's the deal about deception. At the moment that you enter into deception, it looks good. It looks like that's what you want to do. At that, oh man, that you, you know. I mean, come on. Who, who is the person that takes their first hit of meth that thinks they're going to wind up the next twenty years doing meth? Well, they, 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 no, it's it's just I'm going to have a, the deception says, oh, I'm going to get high and it's going to be great, and and but I'm going to I'm going to be the one person that can control it. It, it's, it's the myth, it's the half-truths, it's the little lies that we continually are given, the, the, the little lies that are, that are told to us. Is, 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 it doesn't matter if you, you know, if, if you just flirt a little bit with that person at work or, or, or that you, know, you go out and spend time with. It's, it's okay, it's, it's that little lie. And, and before you know it, you find yourself in some kind of an emotional relationship that turns into a physical relationship. And all of a sudden, the desire for companionship that God gave you now has gone bad. And you bring destruction to your family and you bring destruction to your kids and, and, and all of this because of a little lie that said, oh, it's not so bad to, to spend time with that person, although the whole time you knew deep down inside you that you didn't need to be doing what you were doing. It's those little lies. It's those little lies that produce the deception that brings the bondage in our life. And, and so we tell ourselves time and time and time again, it's okay, I can handle it. I'm the one that has the ability to handle. I, I can do that. I, I know other people have failed. I, I know other people have struggled, but I can handle it. Nobody ever meant to wind up five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road with a desire that was totally controlling their life, that was bringing bondage, that was bringing destruction, that was doing everything but what they wanted to do. I remember years ago, I was in a relationship with some people who, uh, at that point in time, had, had become quite addicted to Dilaudid. In fact, they were so addicted uh, that, that they were spending tens of thousands of dollars a year on Dilaudid. And, and if you don't know what Dilaudid are, it's basically synthetic heroin. And, and, and the guy told me one day, he said, Pastor, he said, when I started doing this, it was to get high. It was to have fun. He said, now I have to do it just to be normal. See, nobody starts out doing anything that's going to bring them into bondage, that's going to just make them have to be in bondage. But the problem is, is that we buy into the little lies that brings the deception, and so we start fooling ourselves, we start deceiving ourselves, we start saying, oh, you know, it doesn't matter what we look at on the internet, I, I know it's a little shady, I, I know we shouldn't be looking at porn, but, but I, you know, just for a minute I will, and, and, and a minute turns into 10, turns into an hour, turns into a day. And all the images can't be taken out because now they're seared on our conscience. 
But we're the guy, we're the gal, we're the person who can control it. So once again, we buy the little lie. And the deception produces the bondage. See, nobody gets into bondage with their eyes wide open. Nobody signs up for for bondage. Nobody says, man, I think it would be great to be an alcoholic. I mean, my life's goal is just to spend my whole life, all my money, run all my family off so I can stay drunk. That's what I want to do when I grow up, right? When I grow up, I want to be a drunk. Nobody starts off. But the lie says, man, the only way you can have a good time is if you get drunk. It's what the world tells us. If you watch any football games lately, it's what the world tells you. Every other commercial tells you, man, you got to have this beer. You got to have this. If, if you're going to have a party, you, you got to drink Bud Light. If, you, you know, if you're watching your weight and want to get drunk, drink Bud Light. If you don't care if you get fat, just drink Bud Regular. Come on. I, I mean, that's, that's what's sold to us on a daily basis. And the problem is, is that we have bought into these little lies. So this deception produces bondage. So how, let, let's, let's deal real quickly. How can we escape from bondage, all right? Adam and Eve fell into bondage. They're kicked out of the garden. But the New Testament, and I told you we're going to be looking in Romans 6, 7, and 8 every week. So would you go to Romans 6 because we're going to look at some things. In fact, I would encourage you daily, get you a, a, a great translation of the Bible that you can understand. And I would encourage you daily in your devotion time, and I hope you have a devotion time, that you read Romans 6, 7, and 8 because I believe this is a passage of Scripture that if you get it down inside of you, it can help help you to move into liberty in every area of your life as the apostle Paul talks to us the book of Romans the sixth chapter the 16th verse I'm going to give you three things that you and I need to do uh, to enable us to escape bondage Romans 6 16 says don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves you are slaves to the one whom you obey in other words whatever desire you're giving into whether a good desire or a negative desire, you you become a slave to that. Whether you are slaves to sin, which lead to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. How do I escape? How do a pastor, how do I get out of this bondage? I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Now, that's that's the kind of hidden secret we don't talk about. Hallelujah, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm going to heaven. But we don't tell God that we're still struggling with some some habits, we're still struggling with some lifestyle problems, we've still got some desires that are not totally submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And yet, the Scripture says that Jesus Christ came to bring freedom to us. It says, whom the Son sets free, what? It's free indeed. So Jesus came to bring you freedom, but our problem is, is I look at the church body, and what I see is I see a lot of us still dealing with bondage. So how do I get there? First of all is you have to identify the area of bondage or sinful behavior. What, what is it in your life? What is, you know, it, it can, what's interesting is, is what I do is no big deal, but what you do, Amen? I mean, if, if you don't smoke, 
and you walk outside of a building or outside of a restaurant, somebody's out there puffing, and, and, and it's always interesting to me to go to healthcare facilities. And, and as you walk by and maybe they blow some in your face or whatever, you know, and, and you just go, man, I can't believe anybody be in bondage of that. Let's go get a Big Mac. <laughs> well, glory, hallelujah. If somebody asked me one time, I said, Pastor, what, what, does, will smoking make me go to hell? I said, I, I don't know, but it'll make you smell like you've been there. I said, it might make you go to heaven quicker. Think about it. But but our issue is is that we always have an ability to kind of compartmentalize our lives, and we look at some people this way because they're doing something that we don't. It's interesting how that we can justify what we do, but if, if I'm not having a problem with it, I can judge you pretty good. You know, there's a lot of things in my life that I've never struggled with, and I can be real judgmental about those. But don't get on my stuff. And and so what has to happen is is I have to identify it. The Scripture there talks about, don't you know that whoever you offer yourself to, you become the slave to that. So what is it in your life that you have become a slave to? You have to identify that. The book of 2 Peter, the second chapter, the 19th verse, says it this way. It says, they promised them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. Whatever is ruling you. The apostle Paul said it this way. He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. He said, I will not be brought under the bondage or under the dominion of anything. So what areas are there in our lives that we're not living in freedom? Now, you don't have to tell anybody else that, but you need to be honest with yourself. If you want to deal with the desires that have gone bad and quit telling yourselves these little lies, then you've got to be honest and say these are the issues. The second thing you've got to do is found in the book of Romans, the 6th chapter, verse 23. You know it. You've heard it time and again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, here's what I know. If I'm planted in God, then I've got life. But the other aspects of my life, they can be planted in the wrong thing, and they're bringing death. So the second thing I've got to do is I've got to identify the lie or the lies that are at the root of the bondage. What what is it that I was told? What is it that I bought into? What what makes me give into this? You you know, we we live in a society that, that people... Are, are so body conscious. We're, we're, we're so conscious of our body image, and, uh, and, and especially women struggle with this. And so, so they watch television, and they, you know, they, they see movies. And, and, and what we don't realize is, is, is how that they, they you know, soft-angle those cameras and, and how that when, they, when you see a picture uh, in a magazine, that thing has been Photoshopped, and it's been skinnied up. And, right? And, and we look at that and say, oh, and, and you know, if, if I could just look like Jennifer Aniston, if I could just look like Halle Berry, if I could just look like whatever the issue is, not understanding, if you saw them in, in reality, they wouldn't look as good as you think they do. But what happens is, is that the body image begins to be, and then all of a sudden they, they find themselves overeating, then they find themselves purging, so they go through this binging, purging, binging, purging, and all of a sudden that desire, maybe it was a good desire at first, was to take care of themselves, now becomes 
a desire that's gone bad. And, and it's all because we buy into these little lies. We, we, we buy into these things that say, if you looked a certain way, you would be happy. Really? Again, let's talk about Hollywood. You think those people are happy? Why are they addicted to everything under the sun? Why do your favorite stars wind up in rehab every six years? Why do they go through marriages like you and I change the toilet paper? I, I mean, if, well, if they're really that happy, they're not happy. They're looking for happiness. They're looking for joy. They're looking for peace. And that is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you and I have got to be willing to identify what are the roots. And, and here's the thing about roots. Roots are generally hidden. We, we don't even know. We see the tree, but the roots are down here, and so we're struggling with this area in our life, and, and, and maybe, you know, we never feel like we measure up, and so we're trying, we're trying, we're doing all this stuff. We, you know, we work out seven days a week, and, and we don't eat anything. We, we do all this stuff, and, 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 and whatever the issue, we, you know, we, we run after this person, we run after that, whatever it is, not realizing that somewhere back there, somebody planted a seed in us that told us we would never be good enough, we would never amount to anything, or, or whatever the issue is. Do you realize, let me quickly say this, do you realize that most of us, what we deal with and struggle with in adulthood was planted with us as a seed in childhood? And until you go back and deal with the root, you're never, ever going to really get free in your life. And so we need the Lord to show us our heart. Uh, the, the Word of God talks about in the book of Jeremiah, it says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it but God? I mean, God's the only one. And it says that He searches the heart. He searches the mind. And, and then He rewards man according uh, to his conduct, how we do, how we live, how we exercise our life and our lifestyle. He said, this, this is how I'm going to reward you. And so when we begin to look at that, when we begin to understand that, then we can begin to say, wait a minute. My life is not going to have freedom as long as I keep buying into the lies that the enemy tells me. I've got to come to that place where I live day in and day out to bring glory to the Lord. Now, the third thing that I've got to do, if, if I want to move into that place of true freedom in my life, is I've got to replace the lies with truth. The book of Romans 6, says, but now that you have been set free from sin, that's the truth, and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Now, now, that's what God says. Here is the truth. The truth is, the more you do what I've called you to do, the more you're going to reap the reward of eternal life. The more I understand truth. See, truth is the most powerful force on earth. Truth is more powerful than armies. Truth is more powerful than governments. I mean, think about, think about whole, whole nations that have been brought down because of truth. 
Truth is the most powerful things on earth. How do we get that? We get truth by learning to meditate on God's Word. Again, Romans 6, 7, and 8 is a wonderful place. If you're struggling with, with lifestyle problems, if you have desires that have gone by, Romans 6, 7, and 8 is a wonderful thing for you to meditate on and get the Word of God. Why? Watch this. i, I got to do this quickly. But you have to understand, the Bible, the Scripture says, is God-breathed. All right? Now, if I want the life of God in me, let me help some of you because you, you hate to read or you don't ever have time to read. Whatever. If I want the life of God, the breath of God in me, one of the greatest ways to get it is that as I get the Word of God in me, the breath of God comes into me, and I begin to breathe out God's life. And so the more scripture I get, the more word, I'm not talking about being legalistic, but I'm talking about being in the word of God, then the life of God gets down inside of me. And guess what? The more life of God I have in me, the more of my old life that gets pushed out of the way. The Bible talks about the renewing of your mind. That, that's what you and I have got to get to. Joshua says it this way. He says, don't let this word, he said, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, truth produces freedom. When I get truth in me, now, now understand this, the Bible says you'll know the truth and what? The truth will set you free, right? The truth will set you free. Now, hang on a minute. Truth will not set you free. You say, Pastor, you just contradicted yourself. No, let's slow down the Scripture. You will know the truth. It's only the truth that you know that sets you free. How many of you know it was true 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ died for your sins? But it only became real to you, it only changed your life the day that you heard somebody preach, the day somebody witnessed to you and told you about Jesus Christ and that he loved you, and all of a sudden the truth that you knew set you free. And so our problem is, is that we spend way too much time on the lies, on what the enemy says, on what the world tells us. The world says, you're worthless, you're not worth anything, you're not any good, your life is going to be a mess. I mean, you know what, you got to depend on everybody else, you can't. I want to tell you something, you, you need to understand that you have power, you have authority, you have anointing, and Jesus Christ is your Lord and He is your Savior, and you need to live an overcoming abundant life. Don't give in to the lies. Learn to walk in truth. Learn to live the truth. Don't be messed up by the facts. The facts will always keep you in bondage. The facts will tell you you're a nobody going nowhere. The truth is you're a child of God. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now you sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. That's the truth not the fact. The fact may be today that you don't have a whole lot in your life and there's not a whole lot of good things happening for you. But the truth is, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the truth. The more truth you get into you, the more you live this overcoming life. Now, one of the greatest tragedies, one of the greatest 
insults to our intelligence in our situation, in our world, is the whole aspect of the lies that we have been told through the media. And so I'm going to close today talking to you on how you and I need to engage the media. Because you say, Pastor, what has this got to do with living in freedom? It's got everything to do with it. Because if I buy into the fallacy of the media, then I'm not going to live the abundant life. I'm always going to be searching. I, I can get a new car, but guess what? It's not going to be good enough because there's another model coming out. And as soon as I get that model, guess what? There's a new improved version coming out. If, if I wear, you know, an alligator, then it's going to become a horse and a rider. If, if I wear the horse and the rider, then it's going to become a porpoise or a, you know, a whale or a, you know, jumbo whatever. I mean, it's, right? I mean, I've watched all the cycles. For, for years it was the alligator, the alligator went away, and now all of a sudden the alligator has arisen. He is back. Right, it was the guy with the horse, and now the horse is kind of going away, and it's it, it's all this stuff we buy into. Now, let me help you. The media does one thing, and the media does one thing only, and that is the media tries to convince you to change your mind. That's what it does, day in and day out. News programs, television programs, uh, whatever you're listening to, song-wise, it, it's it's changing your mind. So we need to engage media with wisdom as Christians, as believers. How, how do we live? If I'm going to be broke free from bondage, then I can't allow what the media is constantly putting into me because the, the media is telling me if you want to have freedom, here's how you live. You just live with anybody and you sleep around all you want to because that's what all the programs tell you. Is, is, I mean, come on, can, can I just talk for a minute? And we're all guilty. But, but when Friends was on, Friends was one of the top-rated, if not the top-rated sitcom every, every year, and yet they had the morals of dogs. They slept. I mean, I heard a guy who figured it up one time, and, and, and Ross, no, excuse me, the Joey had slept with over 300 different people in the cycle. Why are you getting so quiet? And so we watch that, and it's funny, and it is funny. But the problem is, is that we begin to accept the lie that marriage is not sacred, that fornication and adultery is okay, that we can just live any way we want to instead of coming to the place and saying, wait a minute, we need to have some biblical morality in our lives. Because again, it's the truth that you know that sets you free, and if you're not careful, you're going to buy into the lies that media continually gives you. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the songs you listen to, I, I'm not a guy, listen, let me, let me be clear, I'm not a guy that thinks you have to listen to Christian music all the time. I don't think it hurts you. I think some of you ought to listen to Christian music every once in a while. Uh-oh. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be bad. Now, I think, I think if I have to listen to Southern Gospel, that'd be bad, but there's other kinds out there, all right? That's personal opinion. If I had to listen to rap Gospel, that'd be bad for me. I'm not that generation, okay? But, but whatever you're listening to, what, what is it doing to you? I promise you it has an impact upon you. People say, oh, media doesn't impact us. Really? And, and the media wants to tell you, oh, it doesn't matter what you watch, what you listen to. It, it, it's, it's no big deal. Really? Then let me ask a question. 
I got one simple question. If media does not impact us, why do they pay millions of dollars for a 30-second commercial at the Super Bowl? If it doesn't if if media, if my sitting there watching a 30-minute sitcom does not impact me, then why do these stupid companies pay millions of dollars for 30 seconds or a minute? I tell you why, because it impacts you. As soon as the Super Bowl rolls around, it will be who had the best commercial because it impacts us. So how do we deal with it? Let me give it to you quickly. Number one is, what is the message here? What's the message? What's it saying? Is, is it saying those things which are holy, those things which are pure, those things which are righteous, those things which are good? Or is it saying those things which are evil, those things which are destructive, those things which are leading me down a wrong path? What is the message here? Secondly, is it true? I'm going to help you. Most of the things that the world tells us and media tells us is not true. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, I, I'm not the guy that thinks you have to throw your internet out and throw your television out and get rid of your, you know, CDs. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we've got to be discerning. The Bible tells us this. It says that you are to be wise as serpents but harmless as doves. In other words, use your brain. And lastly... Am I being deceived to think in an ungodly way? Really? I can tell you how powerful media is. For those of you that are my age, you're going to remember this jingle. I would walk a mile for what? A camel. Now, do you know it's been over 30 years since that advertisement has been on television. And yet, if you are old enough to have been around 30 years ago, as some of you are pretending you weren't, <laughs> you still remember. The real thing is Coke. We know that. I mean, all, 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 why? Because media has a way of shaping our reality. I would say this to you. I, I don't, again, I don't, I'm not the guy who, who's abstinent, but I am the guy who would tell you, especially for your children, you need to set some guidelines. Just because it's coming on television does not mean your little teenage daughter needs to be watching it. And they're going to tell you everybody else is, but they don't like you anyway. So go ahead and make the tough call. They will like you again when they turn 20. As long as it's teenager, they don't like you. They don't want to be seen with you. Come on, is this, is this inside information you didn't know? So just go ahead and make the tough call. In our lives individually, we need to make some tough calls. We need to ask ourselves some questions. Because we need to be walking in freedom, not in bondage. And so as we're looking at this whole process of when desires go bad, I want to challenge you. What are the little lies you've been believing?
What are the little things that has produced deception in your life that now has brought bondage? What are they? And let's be honest enough to deal with them and to move into what God has for us. Amen.